0: You try me once, you are back for more oh, Yes sir, I can boogie But I need a certain
1: song I can boogie, boogie woogie All night
0: Hello and welcome back to the Tartan Scarf podcast for 2022. As ever, I am Gordon Shear from the Tartan Scarf. And as a member of the Tartan Army in the last year, there's been so much to be proud of going to the Euros, drawing with England, and securing a crucial World Cup playoff place in March. Off the pitch, though, there's a group that have been making us proud since 2003. The Tartan Army Sunshine Appeal are a registered charity run by fans that have made donations to children's charities everywhere the Scotland national team travel. For the last 88 consecutive away games, charities around the world have received kilted guests bringing money, shirts and goodwill. They are an absolute credit to this country. For this episode, I was joined by Neil Forbes, the current chairperson of the Sunshine Appeal. He told me all about the work of the charity and how they managed to continue donating through the pandemic. He also shared personal stories of the impact their work has in places it is needed most, including Peru and Moldova and many, many more. I really hope you enjoy this chat, and I'd encourage you to check out the Sunshine Appeals website and social media channels. You'll find the links in the episode description. Any amount of money, time, or expertise you can offer will be greatly appreciated. And now, my chat with Neil. So, Neil, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm okay, Gordon. Thank you very much, yeah. Good. Are we, I know it's the 9th of January. Are we, still, are we allowed to still say Happy New Year? I think we are, just uh, Absolutely. About. Happy
1: New Year, yeah. Good. Definitely pleasure,
0: pleasure. Well, well, listen, look, I'll be honest with you, this is a really great way to kick off the new year because, you know, obviously I've been a Scotland fan for a very long time and I've always admired what the Sunshine Appeal do. I've always thought that, you know, while performances on the pitch haven't always been something to be proud of, I've always thought that what you guys do <laughs> off the pitch is something that the Tartan Army can be so, so, so proud of. So I'm so excited to have you on and really just dig into the story of the Sunshine Appeal. Now, I'm sure most people listening to this will be at least in some way familiar of what the Tartan Army Sunshine Appeal is all about. But if you would be so kind as to just summarise in a couple of sentences what the Sunshine Appeal is all about.
1: Yeah, certainly Gordon. well. Basically, we're just a a group of fans who have got together and we make a donation to a children's charity in every city in Scotland playing an international football match.
0: Fantastic. And, and how long how long has the Sunshine Appeal been going for? It,
1: it officially became it was a, the, the Tartan Army Message Board, if you can recall, back to the Tartan Army Message Board. I was. Board. I was a member.
0: I was a member before Twitter, <laughs> yeah. before Facebook. I, I do remember yeah.
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it went back to then, 2003. Wow. It, it actually became the, the Tartan Army Message Board in 2003. And so it's, uh, we're coming up for our 20th anniversary uh, next year in April.
0: Fantastic. That's absolutely brilliant. And and how many how many donations have been made to date? Because you've got quite it's quite a big number now, isn't it?
1: Yes. We've, we've carried the, the last one in just now in Moldova in November was the eight to eighth consecutive one. So yes, we the, the longest football charity in the world, we believe.
0: Well, there you go. That is that is absolutely something something to shout about, isn't it? Um and how many people would you say obviously you are the current chairperson, but how many people yeah. would you say are involved? Because there's quite a few people that, that are involved in the sort of steering group, isn't
1: there? Yeah, we have a steering group just now of uh, up to 11 that we just uh, adopted, for the want of a better phrase. Uh, a new member who will join us in a couple of weeks' time at our annual general meeting, hopefully in Stirling, if we're allowed to meet together. Uh, so yeah, we'll be a, a group of 11 just now. But over the years, there's been quite a, a revolving door, shall I say, of mm. Or people involved in it. We still have one of the original the founding members, uh, Michael John Ross. Uh, he's the assistant financial officer just now. So Mickey's been with us all these years. So uh, he's an absolute stalwart.
0: Fantastic. And, and how, how, how does that kind of work? Do you have people that reach out to you that want to get involved? Is there a sort of formal process they have to go through to sort of officially help out with the charity?
1: Not, not a formal process as such. We, we have over the years, people just jumped on board for whatever reason, um, and, and not being able to contribute for various different uh, personal reasons, and so we, we, we try. Uh, we identify people. People come to us, and, and we like to just—I'll uh, have a conversation with them, just to see what they can bring to the table, basically, because we're, we're just trying to get people all over the country involved, and just just to help, sort of, not grow, but just make sure we're, we're encompassing the whole country and we have a a good spectre of the the, the fan base, including female members.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. And I guess something that's always fascinated me, and this must be an incredible amount of work every single time. So say, take me into the thought process when a draw is made, and obviously you can tell, right, this is when the fixtures are going to be, and this is where we're going. What happens next? How do you then, how do you decide what charities you partner with in each country? And say, if you've, If you've been to a country before, do you try and find a new charity, or how? how, Take me through that process.
1: Yeah, once the draw is made, we we each member of the steering group or some members of the steering group will volunteer to uh, organise and coordinate that specific donation. And 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 some of us have contacts in different parts of the world, so you know it's horses for courses at times. But then we would uh, try and just do. We're trying Google. Do a, a quick check of Google. Sometimes we use charities abroad. We use football fans abroad in these cities. We've known to use the British Embassy uh, to, to uh, establish links through there. And we've got a good relationship now with the British Embassy and lots of parts of Europe. Um, then we, we just contact them. We, we do have a criteria which is uh, non political, yep. non religious, and non government funded. So we try and go to charities similar to ourselves, or a small. Yeah. Relative charities, For the, we like to think that the money we're going to donate to them does make a difference to them, rather than it's a multi-million pound organisation. Uh, so we like to try and pick smaller ones. So there's a fair bit of research and a fair bit of work goes into it. Then we try and contact them direct, which uh, can have its own challenges. <laughs> We've been referred to as Nigerian warlords and people refusing. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they, and It's quite nice when they actually get to know us and we're there and they actually tell the story. They have meetings and I think, no, they're, they're, some of them don't even know where Scotland is, to be honest yeah. with you. And why <laughs> Scottish people want to give us money? There's a, a catch to this. Yeah. Um, but once I realise that we're a group of football fans and we're, we're just, we we're very fortunate to be able to travel to these places and we want to help the people in these countries, in these cities, the children in these cities. Mm-hmm. They're always very warming and we get fantastic reception everywhere we go. The reception is just amazing at times
0: fantastic and 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 it, you were saying about the criteria there for when you're picking charities it is it is always children's charities isn't it yes yeah all my children yeah fantastic that's absolutely brilliant um and i guess and also so where does kind of the do you, you, you do kind of fundraising through the year like where 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 does the kind of money come from that then you you dispense out to these to these charities um, various sources, we have uh, we do sell merchandise, the uh, uh, Vice
1: Chairman Paul Smith coordinates all that. Uh, so we make a bit of money from that. We had a St Andrew's night in 2021 there, make money from that. We've had a couple of uh, ex-international players do question and answer sessions with us. Um, people do the kilt walk, they run marathons, they just give us donations. I was just clarifying with the financial officer this morning. I check I'm involved in my own business in a networking group Mm -hmm. and they they know what I do there. And the whole networking group come together and donate £350 to us. So we get a lot of personal donations, a lot of organised functions, merchandise. And one of the great ones, again, just coming back from Moldova, we donated £3,000 just now, just in November there. And because it was charter flights, we had three charter flights going, uh, I was on the Edinburgh one, so I'd spoken to the the, the chaps and spoke up from done the way out. I don't know if you remember the passport travel days, Eddie and Jimmy. Um, well, they they used to actually just do little collections on the plane, sell their badges on the plane and donated the, the any proceeds there. Sometimes it was a wee bit of cash. And so I thought, let's ask the question, and we were able to. So I had John Daly, uh, who I think you know, John. John yep. collected on the Glasgow fight. I collected on the. Edinburgh flight and George Hislop, who is a steering group member in Aberdeen, he collected on the Aberdeen flight. And it was mostly just Moldovan currency we asked for because it was a closed currency. Yep. And we collected 67,000 Moldovan lei, which is something about £2,800. So we're, that's we're currently that's in Moldova at the moment, just waiting to get handed back over to the charity. So instead of a £3,000 donation to Paolo Solari. Solari, I can't even pronounce it. Uh, we're now doing the best six thousand pound to them, and that's just great with the, the boys in the Tartan Army. There was all currencies, including Sterling. I think it's something about three hundred pound in Sterling was also collected. So that goes into our funds, and it's just it's amazing how the Scotland fans react and see what we do and what we're trying to do uh, and, and support us. It's fabulous,
0: and especially as well, I guess when you when you consider countries like Moldova, for example. I mean, obviously there are countries like that in Europe that are so impoverished and that are so, such a different standard of living to the, the, what we're lucky enough to live in Scotland that, you know, that amount of money to them could be transformational, you know, and I guess that must give you a lot of pride.
1: Absolutely. And, and on the day the, the organisers or the plan the was, they, they did actually say to me, that is the, the £3,000 was the largest ever donation they've ever had. It wow. was a no. That's something about seventy thousand uh, lei. So there's something about nearly one hundred forty thousand lei. Uh, yeah. And then the currency. I think that's life changing. Yeah, yeah. If we got one hundred forty thousand pound tomorrow, it's life changing <laughs> for us. But I, I think in in relative nature of their currency. Yeah. Um, and the one in Kazakhstan was interesting as well. I think it was twenty nineteen. Mm. We teamed up with the uh, TAC Tarkman's Children's Charity, and um, before the pandemic, so we both donated. £5,000 each, it was a total of £10,000 from the Tartan Army fans, which related to over a million of the Kazakhstan currency. And I, I just, I think that was phenomenal. And when you get into that sort of figures of a million of any currency, it is absolutely life-changing uh, for yeah. an
0: orphanage that was. No, I, you're, you're, you're absolutely spot on, because, I mean, you know, obviously the Tartan Army and Following Scotland is obviously something that we do for fun. It's something that we love. It brings us a lot of pleasure. But, you know, it is football, it is, it's, you know, it, it's the most important of the least important things, you know, as, as the, as the saying goes, but the fact that you guys are able to turn that into something that does genuine, tangible good for people, and like you said, can change lives, I mean, that's something that's just so amazing to be, to be part of, and, you know, amazing that, that Scotland fans can, can do that everywhere they go, um, but let's, let's, let's speak more about, sort of your, your personal story, I mean, I'm assuming you've, you've been a Scotland fan for a, A very long time, is that right?
1: Uh, Yes, my my story of being a Scotland fan started fantastically. My very first away game was Wembley 77. Um, Then my second away game was uh, October 77 when we beat Wales at Anfield 2-0. So as a 17-year-old boy then, I thought (laughs) Fallen Scotland was the the, the dream. You know, the best (laughs) team in the world. (laughs) Just prior to the 78 World Cup. And it had been downhill since then until fairly recently. (laughs) No, I I started going to Hamden as a 10 year old boy with my dad and uncle. Um, 1970, if I recall, was my very first home game uh, and a a game away game. I've been in London for a week with a pal of mine, um, a 17 year old, and spent a week in London. It was just phenomenal and it's blown my way since.
0: Fantastic. Um, and And then how did you? How did you come to be involved with the Sunshine Appeal? Like you must have been familiar with them before and then did, did they sort of inspire you to get involved? How did that come about?
1: Yeah I, I knew about them and, and helped donate uh, donated to them and, and I think if I remember I'd been to a couple of presentations but I, my involvement started in Tokyo in 2009. Wow. Uh, I was staying in the same hotel as John Daly who was uh, the chair at the time and uh, I got involved in that presentation in Tokyo I uh, just retired from the police and I was running a pub at the time and so I thought, I said to Joe Luke, I'll come along, I, there's things I can do for you here, so at the pub I used to do twice a year gentlemen's lunches we used to call them, and we had speakers and auctions and I, I started to raise two, three thousand pounds at a time in these of things so I was invited to join just uh, just at the end of 2009 Um uh, was in the steering group and I think it was about 2011, 2012, became vice chairman under John. And when John stood down in 2017, uh, I was elected as chairman and still there just now. So, yeah, really proud to be involved. I I think it's a fantastic piece of work, not just for for the steering group, Scotland fans and as a country, even people who don't follow football, but naturally realise and understand what we're doing. I, I think it's just
0: great for the country as a whole. Yeah, I could not could not agree more. Um, so I guess, like, t- tell me, in your in your time, I mean, you've, men- you've mentioned a couple there, obviously Moldova was a good one and Kazakhstan, but I mean, uh, what are there any other kind of donations and stories that have really sort of stayed with you in terms of the... Oh, yeah, 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 a lot, a lot, a lot of them you.
1: stay with you, you. You get quite emotional thinking back and talking yeah. about them. And, and, and you keep saying to yourself, this, this is just amazing, it's a wonderful charity, the reception you get and... The emotion you see in children's faces when they're there, you think it can't get any better. Yeah. But it does. Uh, I, I think the main one that sticks out for me, it was 2012, we donated to the UZ Brussels Hospital, and it was an oncology award, and the professor Van Bla- Blasten, or Plasten, I think his name was, he, he met us, took us around the ward, and TV cameras were there. And we had some T-shirts and football tops, and they asked me to go in and present one to a young guy, a twelve-year-old boy, with his parents present. I had to mask up. Then it was after he come out, you get told that this lad has seven days to live maximum. He was dead within the the time we came home, I think. And you just think it was just heartbreaking, absolute heartbreaking. But no, my, my feeling is if we went into there, we spoke to this guy, the boy, we gave him. I, I, I think he's a Scotland top. And, you know, if, if we have done anything to, to make his last few days better, it's, it's amazing. I was just, I, I couldn't go over it. took me a long time to go over it. Uh, my first grandchild was about a year old as well, I think. You just start relating to your own personal life. Uh, another ex- amazing one was um, Peru. We drove about a, um, an hour, an hour and a half out of uh, Lima. And it was almost like a prison camp. It was, say, uh, an orphanage with high walls to keep people out, not keep the kids in. It was to keep the drug barns, God, as all what, out of there. And, and the kids' reactions when we turned up in a coach and they sang as, and a song for us as we went in. They had cooked overnight the traditional cooking of putting vegetables and meat underground in, wow. in, in, in a fire. We played football against them. And these kids had never even seen television before. They'd never heard of the internet. And these strange men and women and skirts and, and different colours, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And, and I, I, I think it's on our, um, our Facebook page. There's actually a photograph of about a hundred of them there. The Scottish mm-hmm. Football Association, where the team kit actually took the I don't know if you remember the the red the polo shirts we got for being members of the, the supporters supports club Do some years that? ago. Yeah, I've got the one deep, the, deep in the wardrobe somewhere. <laughs> I well I've I've got a. a a few hundred still lying in a a farmer friend's shed that we we try and dish out now and again. But the Scottish Football Association on the team flight took these tops out and they they got delivered to a hotel by the kit man. I mean, the the support we get from the Football Association as well is second to none. And uh, we donated about 100 of these tops. And there's a photograph on the website, and I'm sure it's, it's still on our Facebook page, of all these kids sitting around with these tops on. And every time I look at it, I just think, no, there's 5,000 miles away. They've so I've Probably never heard of Scotland as a country before, but they'll have fond, fond memories, I'm sure, of these strange people from a strange land far away. So, yeah, uh, everyone has its own story, Gordon, but these two particulars stick out. That's
0: fan- fantastic, isn't it? Because, like, like you said, you know, you are, you're genuinely spreading a really just such a good impression of Scotland as a country. You know that if 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 the only if the only thing that anyone knew about Scotland was the things that the Tartan Army Sunshine Appeal do, they'd think, well, that must be a pretty decent place to live. If you've got these people yeah. that will come abroad and travel and bring stuff and bring money and raise money and do things for good, I mean, that's what 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 a great message to carry around the world with the team.
1: Yeah, I, I, again, I see us as the steering group as the facilitators. It's the Scotland fans; they're the guys who come along and mulled over there. There must have been. 200 in the reception of the hotel I was staying in. I expected maybe 10 or 20. I said to the hotel general manager, do you mind if I have a few people doing a presentation? Oh, not at all, not at all. <laughs> and poorly knew it, there must have been the best part 150, 200, taking over the reception
0: yep. and
1: the owners of the hotel locked in. And they went absolutely crazy. The general manager thought he was going to get sacked <laughs> for what was going on. So I, I had to go into the, the owner's office with them <laughs> and explain the situation we expect such a large crowd. But yeah. This is what's happening now. The fans are realising more and more what we're doing and they're supporting us more and more. You'd be surprised the amount of fans who still don't know what we do or mm-hmm. we exist. And eventually we, we resolved that. And the hotel owners, they, the day I was leaving, presented me with a shot <laughs> and said, thanks very much. They sold more beer in that two of us
0: <laughs> the presentation than normally sell in a month. <laughs> well, so we're helping. Editing. Look... Every little helps, you know, Bit of money donation here, empty the bar Absolutely. there, you know, it all helps. It all helps. Everyone's Absolutely. a winner, right? But, uh,
1: and the general manager it was, it was so appreciative. She honestly thought she was going to lose her job because the, the owners were just aghast when they walked in and saw what was going on. Two, two pipers and hundreds of people, but uh, they, they saw the, 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 the good side of it, the right side of yeah. it, and understood what we were doing. And once they got the full story, they were they were glad that oh, they God. got the publicity as well from the
0: hotel. Yeah, and I guess some something that is so impressive as well. You know, you said earlier that you the Moldova she's now was your eighty eighth consecutive uh, donation. Now that then means the donations continued through the pandemic. Now that's phenomenally yeah. impressive because obviously what you guys do is you you tr- it's when you travel to away games, you meet the charities, you do donations, and obviously there was a good long period there that we were not travelling, we weren't going to games, so. Talk to me about the challenges that that presented, and how did you continue? How did you adapt your approach to continue donations?
1: We, we, we had to reduce our, our donations. We were up to five thousand pound per game, uh, and again, that itself had its own challenges because that was pushing thirty thousand pound every year. We had to, mm. to bring in. We agreed to reduce it to three thousand, expecting the pandemic to last a year and the football fans not travelling. But I've got to mention just now as well, a, a special fan of ours is David Proven. I'm sure you'll have heard of David as well yep. in, in Cyprus. David organises all the buses wherever we, we are. And every penny David makes, donates to us. And not that long ago, I'm sure it was, we totaled up something about £18,000, £19,000 David's raised. But even David, he, he ran virtual buses with almost like these football cards. <laughs> and people, people were spending two pound, three pound. I think it was two pound to, to, to buy a a virtual seat on a virtual bus. <laughs> and, you know, it's just I'm reading this on social media and thinking this is just fantastic. You know, phenomenal. Yeah. People are queuing up to buy these things, and Dave is still putting hundreds, if not a couple of thousand pound, over the pandemic, into into our funds. It's just. It, it blows me away sometimes when we'll I see how far people will go to support the, the sanction appeal and the work we do. Um, so yeah, it was very difficult. We, we relied on personal donations and we, we had, fortunately, we didn't know anything this was coming. We did have a challenge in ourselves. Are we sitting on too much? Should we actually donate more? Should we, you know, as a registered charity, really, should we be holding £30,000 at well? helm? We always reckoned it would hold enough; it would keep us going for a year, eighteen months, yep. in case something did happen that we couldn't raise funds and lo and behold, um, coronavirus came along. So mm-hmm. we, it's getting tight. Things are there, but we're still doing three thousand pounds. Things are starting to open up. Um, we, we had the St Andrews night in Aberdeen and Petarder Stadium on the twenty eighth of November. We, we, we raised two thousand pounds. At that we've got a, a nod to Burns going on in Glasgow, hopefully early February, and you no know, other functions will start to open up as the doors open, and hopefully we can go back to a, a five thousand. We had to be very frugal uh, with with the money, uh, but I'm, I'm delighted that we have still been able to donate three thousand pounds, which is still a substantial amount of money. So we, we've we've survived it. Fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go on much longer, and we'll get back to. Normality, like the rest of the world.
0: Perfect, perfect. And uh, so, and I guess then, when it came to donations in places that we weren't traveling to, like Israel, Serbia, were they all done virtually? Did, were you doing virtual presentations, or how did how did that work?
1: Yeah, they were all done in Zoom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quite bizarre to start with. Um, really, really difficult to do. Uh, again, we're, we're, we're contacting these organisations, saying this is what we want to do, but we won't be in your country. And I, I vaguely remember the, the Serbian one. It was a small um, charity, a house for, for homeless kids and, and disturbed kids. And, and they were in tears on the Zoom call with us. Uh, it, you know, We weren't even in their country, in their city. And mm-hmm. we still made the effort to donate money to them. And we managed to get the, the, the money over to them, no problem. So, yeah, it's, it became the normal. I, I think the first one we done face-to-face was... Uh, up in the Faroe Islands, and I was a bit confused having to stand in front of people again and and speak. Uh, But but we we have survived it, uh, and I would like to think we've learned a lot from it as well, Um, and and we'll go forward in strength to strength as soon as we get back to some normality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Have you ever, this is just a, a sort of question that's just sort of come to me just now, but have you found that sort of support for the Sunshine Appeal has kind of been Consistent throughout your time, or has it been a, has it gotten more or less based on how well the team has been doing like is that is there any correlation there at all
1: i I would say over the last few years we're, we're a bit more public, a bit more open about uh, mm-hmm. what we're trying to achieve, and I would say the support is growing now that, that could correlate with the team doing a lot better, but i i I think we've got a different a shift in demographics of the Scotland fans the more they, they realise what's happening, how it impacts on their welcome in, in a city and a country as well. Um because if we're, we're going country and you know people realise what the Scotland fans have done in the past. I think we could do get a better reception in these cities and countries. Mm. Uh so I would say on the whole of support is growing um people understanding and being more aware of, yeah. of what we're doing.
0: And you certainly, you certainly get decent media coverage as well. Like I know like, like Sky Sports News, whenever they're away with the Scotland team as well, they always tend to do pretty decent features with you guys as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's only started recently. I think Sky only came in Kazakhstan was the first time. But uh, Luke, Luke Shanley, uh, yep. the, the reporter there, he, he's aware of what we do as well. He's a great football fan himself um, and admires the work it's done. So, yes, I, I think Luke does his utmost to, to help promote us. Really, up until about five, six, seven years ago, people in Scotland had no idea what we was going to be. Probably the, the least publicised country as <laughs> our own country. Uh, we, we had a... Gareth Finn was involved in a steering group for a while and Gareth worked in the Parliament and for a while, Gareth used to get a, a motion in the Scottish Parliament, which was always handed over, signed mm-hmm. by whatever MSPs were sitting in the Parliament in the of the motion. And that really went down well as well. Like, these charities and different countries, we've seen the Scottish Government were mm-hmm. actually backing what we're yep. doing, uh, recognizing the sanctioned appeals work and also recognizing the charity in the city we're, we're visiting. So that um, unfortunately doesn't happen at the moment, but that, that was a real good one, which helped promote different things within the country as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And and I guess certainly when you're, when you're reaching out to charities, it must be getting easier and easier when, like you said, they can just go and Google and they can find endless articles, stories, videos, like you said, Scottish Government endorsement about what you guys do, that that just make, must make open doors for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I organise the presentation, uh, my first opening email, I always send a link, again, which can be <laughs> quite uh, worrying to other people, opening strange links, but you just hope they do it or Google it separately and have a look there. And there's lots of information on the website. It's really up to date. Uh, and, and, yes, and I think if they see there, there's, there's Sky videos, there's different videos of presentations, photographs, Write ups, um, and it, it it shows them who we are uh, quite openly. So we we get there with them. Sometimes it takes a little while to get a response, but we chase them up. Um, we've never had one refuse it yet.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. That's really good to hear. Um, and I guess sort of looking ahead to sort of twenty twenty two. You know, we said Happy New Year at the beginning. You know, it is a new year. We're looking forward, and obviously March is a big one. March, obviously, we've got the World Cup uh, playoff semi final against Ukraine that must be a bit of a head scratcher for you though because obviously we may have an away game in austria or wales or we may not have an away game and we <laughs> won't know that until we're about what 5 days before now that's going to be tough yeah. for fans travelling i mean i don't know about you if you've if you've already started booking travel the other week i actually found uh, i found flights from gatwick to v- to vienna which i've just booked speculatively they were incredibly cheap so i thought i'll get them yeah. in the bag just in case but tell me, from a Sunshine Appeal perspective, how are you, how, how are you dealing with that challenge of planning for March?
1: We're, we're fortunate in the fact that we have donated in both these cities before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we just have to be honest and upfront with charities. We, we are in the process of identifying charities in both these cities. And we can only advise them if and when we do visit, we will make that presentation to you. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, if we don't visit, we'll, we'll not be offering you any money. But I would like to think, If we draw these countries again and we've we've dangled a carrot to some of these charities Mm -hmm. and not been able to do it for football results, Um, if we play them again in the near future, we would re-identify these charities and probably try and donate back to them. I think that's that's not an official view. That's just my Mm -hmm. opinion at the moment. We've been very lucky that's not happened yet. But you know, we know the the rule of course that would fall in Scotland international football that that will will happen one day. We we're going to not upset someone, but you know just yeah. say we're not get fulfil what we would like to do for them.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely def- definitely a challenge for sure. Um, and then of course looking ahead to June, obviously we've got Ireland where we were not too long ago, and then Armenia that's brand new that we've never we've never been there have we?
1: No, no. Our uh, AGMs in two weeks' time, two weeks' today, actually, Um, or scheduled so far, and we'll be picking that up. Yeah, I've, I've got my flights booked to, to Dublin and to Yereven via Lyon for an overnight stop in France on the way out. Lovely. Uh, so that, it's it's always nice to go to new countries as well, um, new cities. So Armenia is a very poor country, my understanding is, so I think 3,000 or if we're back to 5,000 then I don't know who we'll be here for them but minimum of three you know again it will be life-changing and really make an impact to some children charity to identify in urban.
0: Fantastic that's absolutely brilliant um, and I guess just um, sort of on a sort of tangential point um, are you would you be considering expanding into the the women's team as well because obviously the you're making donations everywhere the men's team go. But obviously, the women's team have been growing in strength and success in recent years. Is that something you're you're looking into?
1: It, it, we have actually donated twice uh, with the women's team. Fantastic! And uh, in, Ho- in Holland, when they qualified, and France is it France or Spain? I France,
0: Fra- Fra- France for France
1: the last competition? So what we've done with the the, the, the women's side again, because I don't think we could sustain mm. every men's match, every women's match sort of thing uh, so we, we, we kind of an unwritten agreement uh, that if the women's team do qualify for a, a, a championship we will make a donation at that championship so that, that's as we stand just now so we have already made two um, women's donations and fingers crossed the, the girls qualify somewhere, somewhere sometime soon well, absolutely could make yeah. another one. Could be, I, could I, be I, I certainly agreed and it's, uh, it's just nice to get involved at, at all levels of international football
0: yeah, definitely, and and you know, look, obviously, you know, you're you're you'll always be looking for for ways to grow and ways to develop, and obviously, what you've done with the with the men's team is so fantastic, and you've got such a great template there that if you're able to grow to us to a level where that could be sustainable, you can easily replicate what you do with the men's team with the women. So yeah, it's exciting, exciting times ahead. Um, yeah, but look, I guess. Absolutely. To sum, to sum up then, and I know we've sort of touched on some of these points already, if people are, people listening to this are wondering, how can I support the Sunshine Appeal? What are the different ways that they can support you? What would you say to them?
1: Donations. when we have
0: uh, functions come along uh, to a
1: function, help donate to us, buy merchandise, come along to presentations in the country, and we've got new different faces. There was three guys uh, just in, in, just now there after the presentation of the hotel, um, they they asked me to come aside. So they're, they're from Muffet, mm. and one of them owned a hotel, what can we do to help you? Neil? Organize something in your hotel. They've now got a function organized. Ted Christopher's playing it on the second of July. Uh, they've invited me down to you know. So that that brings the money. They're splitting the money between us and well, Neuron's Disease, which is fantastic. So yes, anything bio merchandise. Come along to our functions. We're on social media, going to a website. Everything's advertised there. But I think it'd be great to see more people coming along to our presentations in the cities, wherever we do it, and you actually get the feel for the emotional side from the children who receive the donations. And I think that that hooks people really, really well.
0: Yeah. No. I, I, I absolutely. I, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously the people get bitten by the travel bug going with the tartan army and there's so much to enjoy you know the traveling the the singing the drinking (laughs) the hotels you know the games there's there's so much to love but i think certainly if people were to get involved with yourselves and get involved in donations it would just be just another thing to really enjoy about doing these away trips with Scotland so yeah yeah.
1: yeah. a lot of satisfaction from it and guys who just come along for the first time they do comment on on how great it is they weren't aware what what we do and, and they, they start to come along to different functions and different things, and they find ways to to support us. So basically, like just to get involved at that level is, is fantastic. We welcome everyone's support.
0: Fantastic. Well, look, Neil, thank you so much for taking the time. Hopefully, having listened to this podcast, hopefully more people will be aware of the fantastic work that the Sunshine Appeal do, and will be rushing to support you in future months and years. So, look... Again, just I mean I'm, I'm so I'm so grateful that you guys do what you do, and the the support of the Scotland uh, Tartan Army is right behind you as well. No,
1: thank you
0: very much. My thanks again there to Neil Forbes for telling us everything we needed to know about the Tartan Army Sunshine Appeal and the incredible work they do around the world. They are an absolute credit to the Tartan Army. I hope you've been inspired to potentially follow them on social media, attend an event this year, or maybe donate a little bit of money to support the work they do. Without doubt, whatever happens with Steve Clark's team on the pitch in 2022, the Sunshine Appeal will be making us proud of the pitch. As ever, thanks again for listening and supporting the Tartan Scarf. If 2021 was a good year... I've got a funny feeling that twenty twenty-two could be a great one season. Oh,
1: yes, I can boogie. I you stay you can't go wrong. I can boogie, boogie, woogee, on oh, the go.